No, I won't. Could feed him a table. All I have is some arsenic. Oh, uh, there you go. Did you say a table? Yeah, you know, because we're talking about Aeneas and Dida. Hey, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to whatever episode this is. Sorry, it's been like a literal year. Um, and we would like to welcome our our guest speaker, the duck. He will actually not be speaking, but he's looking me in the eyes right now. I think I just heard him quack, so. <laughs> he's so cute. <laughs> If everybody listens closely, you might be able to hear a quack at like 30 seconds in. So I can't believe it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that's what we're talking about today is Dido and Aeneas and fire. Yeah, they're burning relationship. They're burning relationship. Um, they're burning lives. Burning bodies. Burning- yes. <laughs> burning everything is burning their love is burning the, their bodies are burning the ships everything. are burning the cities are burning it's bad news yeah, <laughs> yeah troy burns and then dido burns and and then that lots of people go down with that them. one roman town burns or not roman Just but that one. italian town burns in their little war and so on and so forth so much oh a lot of fire mm. anyway Oh, also I wanted to mention it's Trans Day of Visibility. Yes, it is. I've been seeing many um, posts for that. Uh, I should have this uh, podcast out on this day, everybody. So um, make sure you're supporting everyone. You're so efficient. Yeah, if you're trans, non-binary, whatever, we love you. And if, yeah, that's it. That's all I got to say. No matter how you um, go about your life, we, uh, we love you so. We support mm-hmm. you, unless you don't support other yeah, that, people, and in that case, don't listen to my yeah, podcast. If you're uh, transphobic or homophobic or uh, xenophobic or any of that, you can uh, leave. We do not accept you as listeners. I don't care. <laughs> I do not accept you into this yeah, podcast. You are the only people I do not accept. Anyway, I have some great besties who are trans, and I just appreciate them so much and want them to know that they are loved every day. Um, not just today, although recognizing it today is important cool well let's go dan what would you like to talk about uh i will uh give us a quick little rundown on aeneas um get us uh caught up to where him and uh dido meet so perfect uh aeneas is the son of aphrodite or uh venus in the roman because story is written by virgil uh because augustus caesar commissioned him to write a story about augustus caesar but virgil's like nah i don't really don't want to do that i don't like augustus so <laughs> i'm gonna write this about uh aeneas and kind of have some like comparisons between him and augustus a little bit just to please him so yeah we'll be referencing probably the gods in both of their roman and greek names depends on where you are in the story yeah right so yeah he's the son of aphrodite and and Kaises. I'm gonna go. That's how yeah, I. That's say how it. I think it's said. So, um, yeah, and Kaisis, he's just like a shepherd or something. But um, yeah, Aphrodite uh, gets like punished by the gods because she made all the gods fall in love with mortals, and then so her punishment is that she falls in love with a mortal, and they have the kid, and they name him. Sucks for you. Name him Aeneas. Um, and so Aeneas, he's the uh, in the Iliad, he's like the leader of the Trojan Dardanians. He's kind of like one of little Hector's little boys. Um, <laughs> Hector's little boys. Yeah. And uh, I love that. So we all know what happens in Troy. Burns down. Uh, Aeneas, uh, in all of his bravery, uh, runs away. 
uh, takes a couple, uh, some refugees with him. And but you know, it's okay because he's told to run away. He is away. told to run away. He is the gods telling him he needs to run away. There's some pro- prophecy that he needs to fulfill. So Aeneas is told to run away. He takes some refugees, they get on some boats, and the we all know the stereotype of that the Romans copied the Greeks for everything. So Virgil's story is pretty much just a complete ripoff of the Odyssey and the Iliad for a lot of things. There's just so many comparisons that are it they're pretty much the same story. So Aeneas has kind of like an Odysseus type of time sailing around the Mediterranean, pretty much going to the exact same places that um Odysseus goes. Right. Um Oh my god, can you hear these geese? I can. Oh no. That's all right. We'll uh That's we'll cut this part out. <laughs> no leave, leave it. The geese, okay. We've also got geese. I'm kidding. You, geese can, guests. you can keep the geese. Yeah, everyone. Want. Kate's in a park right now because it's such a nice day. Beautiful. Except I'm afraid of the geese. Yeah, geese are scary. Yeah, Neos is just going around the Mediterranean, and eventually, at one point, he lands somewhere in Libya. Um, and I think is it. It's his mom. She like disguises herself and like tells him to go to the next town, which is Carthage. Uh, and that's where he meets Dido. And Kate, if you want to. Do a run through on Dido, and then when you're <laughs> done with her, I'll finish Aeneas's little bit. We'll keep it chronological. Yes, of course. Um, I just want to say one thing about Aeneas before I start with one of my favorite characters to talk about. Um, I, my translation of the Aeneid is hilarious. Um, it's by Rolf Humphreys. If anyone cares, I'm sure you don't. But if you want to read it, it's hilarious. It was sold for a dollar and forty-five cents back in the day. No, literally stole it. Um, but Aeneas is referred to as pregnant with empire. <laughs> I mean, that's a really good way to put it. It's... <laughs> I, I think that's so funny. And it also reminds me of Symposium when they're all talking about like people being pregnant with ideas and stuff. So maybe we should start As, as Danny like would that say, more. we should bring this back. <laughs> pregnant with empire. He's got to give birth to his city. He's got to give birth to the new place. Anyway, so on his way to give birth to this empire, um, he meets Dido, queen of Carthage, with Chizin, Tunisia, like northern Africa. Um, So she rules the city of Tyre. Um, She's known to be like super wise and really clever um, because of. I just said, um, like, five million times. Are you going to stop me? Like, people are listening Uh, to this. No, they're probably paying attention to the geese. True. Anyway, so she's known as being like really wise and super clever um, because she fled from her brother Pygmalion after he killed her husband. So she's been through a lot of shit and she's done with boys because they're trouble to her. You know, her husband died because of her brother and then she ran away. And so people are like, ah, badass bitch. Anyway. So this guy, Aeneas, comes in and she's like, wow, he is so pregnant with Empire. I'm turned on. This man is, this man is positively glowing. He's like six months along. <laughs> it's not even, he's got the like a longer gestation period than like an elephant. <laughs> okay, I'm fine. Okay. Anyway, so she goes to her sister, you know, as, yeah, you gotta consult as women consult do the when there's a boy issue. Right, so she goes to Anna, her sister, and she's like, literally, I'm so over boys. Why did this one just, like, waltz into my place 
and look so good yeah. to me, you know? And so the way that she feels about him is always described as like fiery. So I'm just going to look at a couple different passages. This is the very first couple sentences from um, this book, which is called Aeneas and Dido in the Aeneid. It goes like this. But the queen finds no rest. Deep in her veins, the wound is fed. She burns with hidden fire. And just the whole time that she talks about him, she's like, oh, the flames and blah, 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 blah. Um, so I will just take this time, actually, to talk about the impact of the usage of fire in terms of love. That doesn't make sense. Do you know what I'm trying to say? What am I... Uh um the comparison of fire to love or like um the metaphor or is yes it exactly precisely allegory or whatever it is whatever whatever we feel like whatever english uh, mechanism it is whatever english word type thing yeah. that it well, i have no brain cells left today wow i'm so funny anyway so as i said she is describing it as burning passion fiery flames actually oh my gosh have you seen clue where miss white is like flames flames on the side of my face burning mm-hmm. breathing breathing breath <laughs> wow i love that that's fantastic anyway she's like yeah my love burns for you that sounds painful i don't really want to experience that type of a love like sure like like, fires are strong that's fantastic is it love or like did she like get chlamydia or something is it love or are you just diseased (laughs) yeah do you have something wrong with you like i don't know meth withdrawals because i think that is that includes like a burning inside your veins or something i don't know (laughs) Yeah, I just think it's very interesting because I think that in a lot of ways, it's probably an accurate description of the way that people feel when they have strong feelings for others. But it also doesn't always sound pleasant. Um, Modern examples of this are Ring of Fire. Yep. (laughs) Burn in Love. My favorite, Uh... Light My Candle in Rent. And I just want to say that y'all know that i love one direction and i will always love one direction (laughs) and they've got it figured out one of my favorite songs of theirs is fireproof the fire cannot get to them (laughs) it cannot destroy them so good anyway okay i'm gonna resume me talking about dido and indias because the small child left and i don't feel as bad about screaming profanities and stuff in this public place Anyway, um, where's parents? They should be taking care of the kid. (laughs) Well, he's hanging out with his dad. They're just Uh, watching. They're watching geese. They're having a good time. It's actually really cute. And so I did. I didn't want to ruin that. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Dido and Aeneas plan this hunting trip. Did I say that already? No, not yet. They plan a hunting date. It's going to be super romantic, really fun. They're going to go hunting. That sounds not not like a lot of fun to me, but I'm happy for them. I really am. Yeah, it's a nice little Midwestern hick date for you. but <laughs> Yes. This hunting date, they think, is orchestrated by them. However, it's actually Juno who's like, let's just mess with them for fun. This is what I want to happen. That's the story now. Yeah, because Juno, Juno's trying to hinder this entire, like, Aeneas journey from the start because 
the the prophecy is not good for Juno's outlook. <laughs> right. But the one who wants it to be happening is Jupiter. I love the feud between Jupiter and Juno. <laughs> Always. And so Jupiter is the one who wants Aeneas to get to his destination, found Rome, everything's happy, blah, blah, blah. And Juno's like, mm, why don't we throw a twist in things? So she's like, yeah, during this day, maybe it's going to storm and maybe I'll push them toward a cave where they can possibly do things that that would just be fun for them. <laughs> yeah, you know, something that a young man and a young woman by themselves who like each other would do. Yeah, just something like that. So, this is really funny. I take really weird notes in my book sometimes and in this one, I wrote storm, arrow, cave, arrow, sex. <laughs> <laughs> just straight to it. That's it. That's like basically the story. So they go on the hunting trip. It rains, blah, blah, blah. Everyone else goes somewhere else. They go into the cave and they, in quotes, consummate their marriage. Mm-hmm. And they're, so, they're somewhat married at this point. Somewhat married, just based on their acts at this point. Yep. And so rumor, which is actually a person, like personified rumor, I think that's kind of clever, goes mm. around and tells everyone about it. And Dido's like, it's fine. Like, I won't be ruined by this because, like, you'll stay and clear my name. Like, your name is the way that I'm going to not be ruined by this because mm-hmm. he's staying. Um, but then, another twist. Jupiter finds out about that. And he's like, mm, that's not my plan. We're going to do something else. So he sends Mercury or Hermes. <laughs> and he's basically like, don't you remember that you're supposed to be doing something important? Don't you remember that you're pregnant with Empire? And so he kind of puts him in his place and Aeneas is like, oh, you're so right. Yep, I'm, I'm about to leave. And just his brain is completely changed. He remembers that he's on a, mit- a mission. Um, I just, he makes me so mad in this. I know, it pisses me off. Like, I want nothing more oh for my God. and Dido to stay together. But This duck is right next to me. Oh. I'm taking a... We are besties. Like, okay, so let me see, let me see. I wrote down to compare to two different passages, but I don't know if I'm even going to do that. Page 100. Oh, dang. These are some interesting interesting sentences and translations here they're also very sad oh so this is what i was going to talk about dido says i am maddened burning burning which is the same way that she described her love which i think is quite interesting anyway so noble bitch ass aeneas is like i'm out of (laughs) here <laughs> and Di- gathers up and all Dido's- the boys and the girls and says we're going home <laughs> he's like well that was fun let's go do it again that's, somewhere else that's a little detour guys uh, let's go hang out somewhere else now <laughs> my wife is a little angry she's a little mad yeah Aeneas is like happy wife happy life and she ain't happy I'm out <laughs> <laughs> oh man um, and then Dido finds out that he's leaving, and she's like, what? What? And she throws um, a tantrum. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it's pretty interesting to read. And I feel like it's a very typical breakup. Like, this was written so long ago, but she's like, how could you? You, like, you are destroying me basically like you have ruined everything 
and by you not actually committing to this after what you did which that's a serious thing for them back in the day mm-hmm. um you have like ruined my life and slandered my name and a lot of other fun colorful words just pretty much swears them up and down in ancient language basically she's like you i hate you i hate you but i have this fire burning hang on let me find the passage i wanted to read Blah, 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 blah. Oh, and then this is, I think, a commentary by um, Virgil. A shifty, fickle object a woman is always. And I think that that's bold. That's very bold. Uh, it was, it was a different really time. It was a different... After, after what he did to her, like, I think Calling she's painted her fickle, as... Like... I... <laughs> Aeneas is the most <laughs> fickle, like ancient uh, or classical character there is, and you're you're he calling so Dido fickle. Like her husband right. got killed, she had to escape from her brother, so she found a new area for everybody to enjoy, and she hangs out there, ruling wonderfully. And then this fickle ass little Troy boy <laughs> comes along. Troy boy. <laughs> oh. Yep. So, Dido is sad, obviously. And she goes to Anna again, as I would. I would go to my sister, you know. Um, And she's like, hey, here's the deal. I know this person that can help me out in this way. And she tells, like, this weird lie, um, like, hoping to either get him back. I don't know. I it was kind of weird i read through it really fast and i don't remember exactly what happened but she's just like hey i need you to raise a funeral pyre for this reason because we are going to burn his armor and it's basically like you're just another picture to burn thank yeah. you taylor swift i like how he left and so she's like behind yeah he was out, <laughs> yeah, he was out of there fast. so fast that he left all of his equipment behind yeah he just left it and he's like well whatever like i'm so sorry but i i have more important things to do oh and at one point he's like yeah i never agreed to a marriage and she was like what <laughs> do you not remember the cave <laughs> <laughs> like that is how it works technically mm-hmm. um so she's like yeah we got to burn his armor so raise this funeral pyre for me anyway <laughs> So Anna goes and builds this funeral pyre, and Dido continues to slip into a very sad place um, where she pulls her golden hair, which is an interesting note because, you know, she's in Africa. Like, her hair is not likely actually golden. Yeah, no, because she's, um, she's from Tyre, so, like, that's, right. in, that's in, like, Syria-Palestine type area. She ain't got golden hair. She... <laughs> Right. And so, I don't know, I think it's important to address because a lot of literature will mention, like, golden hair when it's not very likely that they actually had golden hair. So I looked it up, and it looks like um, a lot of the trends were, like, to have really pale skin because it means that you are rich and you don't have to, like, work outside all the time and that your hair is light. Um, And so they would, like, put vinegar or lemon juice in their hair to try and lighten it up and that was just like a sign that they were so like ancient, upper class ancient uh bleaching your hair yeah i mean i still put lemon juice in my hair does yeah. that mean that i'm dido i think no. we are best okay Vine- vinegar is good for uh your scalp it really helps um balance it out like, i did not know that yeah if you put like apple cider vinegar in it it balances it out or something 
Interesting. I also think that golden is just like a really a flowery term like to describe anyone that makes them sound more appealing. So she did not have their hair hair. and their Michael Jackson in their skin. No. Yeah. And it was actually super bad for their skin. They would put like white lead on their faces. Oh God. Yeah. No wonder why they only live to be like 25. Right. Yeah. And I was like, why are you, please don't do that. (laughs) Anyway, that is just a note there. Um, and so she's like sitting there watching them leave and she like curses him a bunch of times. How could you do this to me? You slandered my name. I'm so sad. I've been through so many things. And then this happened. I don't want to do it anymore. And she literally falls on a sword. Yeah, it's, it's, own, it's Aeneas' sword too. Right. Yeah, one that yeah. he left behind because he's just, he does not care at this point. Yeah, like all in all of our previous episodes, how we always talk about somebody killing themselves. It's always falling on the sword. It's always on the sword. And it was his. It was his. It was his. That's so sad. I feel very sad for her. Um, So she falls on the sword. Then Anna finds out through rumor, personified rumor. And Anna's like, are are you kidding me? And she's just devastated. Um, And she's like, Oh, she says things that truly I would say if this happened with my sister and I, she's like, by killing yourself, you have also killed me. Like, I cannot live. (laughs) Even if I am alive, I am not living without you. And it's just so sad. Um, She curses. um, One of her curses is um, that her city, Carthage, and Aeneas' city, Rome, will um, fight each other. Yes. Will hate each other. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, I forgot to mention that, so thank you. Um, But then Dido, like, for some reason, is not able to be released from her life on this sword, which sounds awful. And in my translation, it talks about her, like, gurgling and stuff on her blood, and that's just disgusting. Um, But the gods send Iris, which is a little rainbow god, to um, set her free. So she cuts her hair, and then there's, like, a rainbow, and it's such a beautiful and devastating moment. Yeah, Aeneas is just looking in his rearview mirror. Aeneas is like, whoa, she crazy. <laughs> Yikes, I <laughs> gotta get out of there. <laughs> oh, I feel so sad for her. But she's one of my favorite characters. Uh-huh. And just to uh to carry on with Aeneas being an absolute dickhead. So he uh after he leaves Carthage, he lands in like I believe it's Sicily, somewhere around the Syracuse area. And he hosts funeral games, but not for his wife that just killed herself. I was just going to say that the next chapter <laughs> is funeral games for his dad. Yeah, it's funeral games for his dad because he lands around um, the one-year anniversary of his dad dying. Like, dude, your wife just like killed herself. <laughs> I'm sorry. And you host funeral games, but oh. for your dad. You can host funeral games for both. But, but remember how I said he never committed to marriage? <laughs> that is so classic i feel like that happens all the time it's like oh Oh, i'm sorry like you thought that us like you know talking for oh you thought me and you oh i (laughs) you thought that us like being together all the time for three years meant something um who knows oh aeneas reminds me of dan i really doubt that you have seen pippin the musical uh no but i just saw a tweet about it was that your it tweet? was my tweet <laughs> yeah that's hilarious no pippin is like the fake son of charlemagne who goes around and like tries to understand what his destiny is and like what's going to fulfill him and he cannot figure it out and he's just like pushing- yeah because all of charlemagne's other kids get really cool shit like <laughs> one gets france one gets Lotharingia, and the other gets germany like 
cool. But but he's fake. He's a, he's a fake child of Charlemagne, and he is just pushed around by a, a bunch of people telling him what to do. And he, Aeneas really reminds me of him because he's just he he's so clueless and just does mm-hmm. everything that someone else tells him, even though it destroys a lot of other people. Anyway, everyone should listen to Pippin. The music's great. Um. Oh, also, where can you watch it? Is it on like Amazon or something? Uh, it's. I watched it with my mom at one point, and the show is like scary to watch. It's really ridiculous. Everybody, just Google it and then click on the watch options, and you'll be able to see what you can watch it on. Yeah, the music's good though. I would. Yeah. Anyway, actually, another side note. I hope Luther College is still doing the opera Dido and Aeneas, which is clearly about the Dido and Aeneas that we are talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, And Emily Lauer is playing Dido, and I think that is all I could ever ask for. I don't know who she is, but... uh, Well, you wish you knew who she was because she's perfect. I left too early. And her voice is literally golden. I don't know how she does it. Yeah. Well, I actually, um, I'm in the process of applying to be an admissions counselor at Luther right now. So no way. Yeah. So that'll be fun. So maybe I will go see it. Anyway, uh, so if the opera Dido and Aeneas is happening, you best be watching it for the purposes of understanding this story better, but also to support dearest Emily, who gave a fantastic recital. And now I will stop talking about her. <laughs> she was one of my residents. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, they they're hanging out in Sicily, having their funeral games, and uh, Juno comes along again. She's like, "Okay, here's another chance I have to uh, sabotage them." Um, so she has all the women, like the women of the group, because the women are getting sick and tired of Aeneas and all the boys just doing dumb shit mm-hmm. as they very well should. So Juno's like, "Hey guys, I got some fire. You want to light these ships on fire? Put an end to your like stupid journey once and for all." More fire. Uh, yeah, more fire another uh, little fire trope we got going here and so yeah they start burning the ships and the men are running around frantically like uh whoa 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 we can't this is how we survive like we can't burn the ships and jupiter um stops it calls in a storm puts it out and jupiter is um, such a simp i know he's yeah he's a simp for mortals and (laughs) everything else it is um so pretty much get told to keep going they finally land in italy proper they're probably down around like the naples area when they initially land and uh for some reason aeneas is like you know what i'm gonna go to the underworld go see my dad goes and sees his dad and his dad's like yeah like you're kind of close not really you gotta go up a little (laughs) bit more um and apparently all the greeks in the underworld knew who he was even though um the kind of the thing about Virgil's um, Aeneid is he really Aeneas is really retroactively just tossed in there. In the actual proper Iliad, he's like a very minor character, right. and now Virgil Virgil makes him out to be like this really great hero and everything. He really has no part. The Greeks should have absolutely no idea who he very is. Very true. Um, so then they head on up to uh, Latium. Uh, they land like. Because Rome's not on the coast. They land like 15 miles from where Rome is settled. Um, and they're just chilling on the beach. And they were eating, um, they were pretty much eating pizza. It's just flatbread <laughs> with some toppings. It's pizza. It, they're, having nice. a, they're having ancient pizza. 
uh celebration yeah and then all of a sudden Aeneas is kind of like hey wait a minute this flatbread is kind of like a table we're eating tables the curse is broken (laughs) (laughs) because earlier on his trip uh he they were eating a harpy's sheep I think it was and the harpy uh curses them saying that you'll never find or you'll never fulfill your destiny until you uh trojans are eating your tables and so they're they're eating their flatbread which is like a bread table and so and (laughs) as as he finally figures it out all of a sudden uh latinus comes on over latinus is the king or the ruler of um uh, latium really uh really unique name there uh virgil wonder how they came up with that i you know i don't know (laughs) whoever knows with this stuff uh (laughs) so latinus has a eligible daughter um and this is where we kind of start getting into where virgil stops copying the odyssey and starts copying the iliad so latinus has a uh very eligible daughter lavinia and many suitors are going for her including this one latin um man but all of a sudden in latinus's dreams uh he gets told that hey your daughter should marry a foreigner that'd be pretty cool if she did and so latinus goes out like the next day comes across aeneas and the troy like the trojans and sees aeneas and is like oh yeah this is the man that um (laughs) i want to marry my daughter he looks pretty cool absolutely that's a mistake yeah that's a mistake you should see what he did to his last wife and um so Juno's like, okay, I've got one more shot of stopping this. Um, tells Latinus's wife to like, like argue with him about it. Like, hey, our daughter shouldn't just be marrying this stranger that you just met on the beach. And um, she also sends a fury down to the one Latin guy, I forget his name, that was going to marry Lavinia or was pretty much like the top dog for it. Gets him all pissed off. And then we have a nice little war with a bunch of comparisons to the Iliad. And yeah, it's just a war over Lavinia. Cities burn. Uh, they almost have a duel like Hector and uh, Achilles do. Uh, this Latin <sighs> guy kills um, Aeneas's little uh, uh, boy toy. Kind of like um, uh, Achilles had his little uh, boy toy killed by Hector, so on and so forth. It's mm same story <laughs> Romans just copying the Greeks once again love to see it and yeah Aeneas wins uh, and some surprise, of his descendants surprise. are Remus and Romulus and we all know how that goes it's <laughs> the wolf version of Tarzan <laughs> yeah that's that's Aeneas and Dino everybody <laughs> this goose next to me is actually terrifying it's, it's giving eye, me eyes yeah it's eyeing you up it's giving me eyes, and it's been standing in the same spot for like 10 minutes. I'm just hoping it goes away. I was telling you to put your paws up, Kate. You gotta punch it. <laughs> I actually I gave it a face. There you go. But did it didn't do anything. Do anything. Mm. It did not. Anyway, so fire. Fire with Dido and Aeneas. There's the fire that is their love that makes her go mad. It like describes that they're doing crazy things for each other. Yeah, the so burning the f- sensation within them, both when she's angry and in love with him. Right. The funeral pyre is the fire. There's also the other fires that they light the ships on. It's yeah, just Aeneas, crazy. Aeneas left Troy because it was on fire. 
Right. We started in a fire and we will just it, continue to be in one. Yeah. And the story ends pretty much in a fire when he burns down the one Latin town. Very cool. Very cool. He, be- he becomes what he hates most, honestly. He becomes both. He becomes like a mixture of Odysseus and Achilles. He's he's such a pathetic character sometimes. He, he really it's really is. funny to read. And the reason he is the pathetic character is because Virgil doesn't like Augustus Caesar and he's supposed to be the comparison to him. <laughs> like the Aeneas would have been a fine character if it was just like an original story and not like Virgil trying to be a smart ass and like comparing him to Augustus Caesar a little bit. <laughs> Guess that's what you get. Yeah. Augustus got what he wanted. I mean, Augustus probably wasn't smart enough to pick it out, but. (laughs) But yeah, lots of fire things. Uh, I mean, yeah, fire's still described as like a. For love today, as like we said with the One Direction song and a bunch of other stuff. Hey, the One Direction song is immune to being broken because it's fireproof, okay? (laughs) Yeah, it is fireproof. The lyrics uh, are maybe we're fireproof. The fire will not get to us. Us, this love is rational. That's what the song is about. Yeah, fires. Fire still used as a trope today for love, or I don't know, breaking up. Because usually a lot of people will burn stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really interesting. Shout out to Christopher Haug if you ever hear this co- podcast. He's my one of my favorite high school teachers who. Um, I remember talking about this story and pointing out how interesting um, the fire is in the story. Also, another one of every everyone's favorites uh, fire things, uh, Tinder. Right, <laughs> I was everybody's favorite dating app. It's got it's literally got a picture of a flame and it's named Tinder, which you use to start a fire. Hmm, start a fire. A, you've got a mat. <laughs> Like, oh my gosh, I never thought about the math did you, part. you didn't think about the math part? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> Dan, we should teach a whole class about fire in... Fire modern in. day and with its uh, comparison to this story. <laughs> yes. Fire in modern society. Well, honestly, might be able to. <laughs> it's pretty easy. Everybody, for some reason, it's... They kept along with it. Nobody, nobody realizes it really. But. I said this earlier, but I just, you know, you don't think about it for a long time, and you're like, yeah, whatever, that makes sense because it's been happening for so long. But it doesn't sound pleasant. Thank you, yeah. geese. Maybe they're on fire. Uh, <laughs> I kind of wish. Oh, well, that's another thing. Like when we talk about like animals, like um, cats are like in heat, like heat fire. Oh, that's another thing. Oh my word. There's too much. There's too many comparisons. There's too much. Anyway, so I would just like to encourage everyone to think about whether your love is a fire, whether it's burning strongly, or whether your love is a funeral pyre. My Hopefully love for- not the funeral pyre. <laughs> My love for these ducks is fireproof by One Direction. There you go. I think that's all I got for today. That's all I've got for fire and flames. So oh, wait, wait, let me sum it up like I did with um their little their little sex scene. So, um <clears throat> Aeneas leaves Troy, goes places, comes to Carthage, sees Dido, 
instant fire. And then we go, storm, cave, sex, leave, falls on sword, rainbow. That's pretty much it. And that's the end of Dido. Also, storm, sky's fire with uh, lightning. If you look at that. <laughs> well, Joe, look at that. Uh, I think that's a little, that's uh, kind of a stretch. That is more of a stretch, but with these things, everything can be. <laughs> you can interpret it however you want. Cool. Good deal, Well, Thank you for listening. Yeah, thank maybe you, we'll see you, see you again in maybe six months again. Yeah. <laughs> Around Thanksgiving, I think we'll uh, come back. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so far away. No, we'll come back. I have done everyone. so many things in the meantime. I got my nose pierced. I saw my dogs. I, I... had COVID. No, I oh. have. I got a COVID shot. There you go. I I'm last. Everybody else in my family's gotten it, um, but I'm like the last person to get it because nothing wrong with me, I guess. Or I'm not in oh, a man. nothing wrong with me. Or in the case of most of my family, I'm not in a profession where they needed. So, right. Well, I'm glad you're okay. Yeah, I'm all right. I survived COVID. I only had one day of symptoms, and the rest was easy. But I oh, that's great. Yeah, I got lucky. I'm happy for you. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, went to work like every day for like three weeks straight. <laughs> At one point, oh, gosh. that was nice. Oh yeah. Uh, everybody will hopefully be back sooner. And uh, next up, we have the G in the alphabet. So, G, what are we gonna do? Uh, we've got Guards of the Galaxy, so it's like an overview of the gods. Maybe we should do that one because we talked about them quite a bit today. Oh, true. We have we guests from Gaia, so the Hesiod. Oh, Hesiod. Uh, gambling oh, with Ganymede, and yeah, I was just gonna say, and glorifying the gods, so like sacrifices and stuff. Oh, yes, a little history lesson. Cool. Well, oh, but oh, the H section. H, the H's have one of our uh, H is gonna slap. H is gonna, we have like all four options are really good. <laughs> so, yeah, you guys are gonna have to really watch out for the H one. Whichever one we choose, they're all gonna be good. I mean, all the podcasts we do are good, but like the H ones are gonna be like great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Well, Hector's name starts with an H, so everything yeah, he- has to be good. He- Hector is uh, one of them. It's the Hector Hunt. <laughs> Man, Dan, I might, I want you to read this translation because it's so funny. The one that you got. The Hector Hunt. The translation for the Aeneid that you have, or the. He is so perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it's really funny. Yeah. I'll, um,. I'll look it up. The Indian. Uh, yeah. The one that I was talking about today. I think my favorite thing is that it, it says he's pregnant. I'll see if I can find it at least. See if anybody's got it. Put it in my cart. Yeah, hopefully they still sell it for a dollar and 45 cents. <laughs> it's going to be included in the Instagram post. I think I got it for free at like the library or so. Oh my God. Look at this cute dog. If it walks over here, I'm taking a picture. Oh yeah, we had the one podcast. Yeah, I'm just where, gonna um, like your dogs made an appearance in the, the Instagram post. In the post as well. When you were home for the wedding, I think it was oh. that episode. Oh right. They're All so right, everybody. Um, <laughs> right. You can. Yeah. You don't have to listen to us ramble anymore. My lethal dogs. Uh, saying goodbye to everybody because 
We're just rambling. We're just... I don't know what you just said. Uh, yeah, everybody, we'll be back sooner than usual, or sooner than you <laughs> have come to expect from us. Yeah, we're sorry. Okay, cool. We're very busy people. Uh, the winter time is my busy season, so um, very. Yeah, now I'm I'm unemployed until like mid-April. So, and even then, it, I'll be like working like maybe like two. So days now a we're week, free. So. I got nothing for a little while, everyone. <laughs>